Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to episode 122 of No Meat Athlete Radio and our first one in the year 2016. I'm Matt Frazier, joined as always by Doug Hay, my esteemed co-host. Doug, how are you doing this year? I'm doing great, Matt. Happy New Year and happy birthday. Thank you. I did have a birthday. You did. I am now 35. Uh-huh. Which is seems old, but I kind of thought I was 35 all year, so it, it was <laughs> a nice, like, I feel like I hit my birthday and I didn't get older, so that was... That is good. Yeah, that I think I just good. automatically rounded up in my head being a, a negative thinker or something like that. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, I had my birthday. We've talked about this this other thing, but I haven't mentioned it yet on the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. On Christmas, I, I cut my thumb very badly. I was chopping mint leaves, making a nice little uh, white bean dip on some crostini. was going to have some chopped mint on there, some Oof. pomegranate seeds, oh. a little uh, Moscato, Italian sweet wine to have with it. I had just taken a sip of Moscato, first sip... <laughs> And I don't know what I was doing. I looked up a chiffonade of these mint leaves. So it was like, I, I'm usually a pretty good knife skills person. I uh-huh. do, the, do the, you know, fingers thing where you don't actually get your tips of your fingers near the food. Right. Uh, right. Your, your knuckles are always forward. So usually do that. But in the chiffonade, you have to kind of roll the mint leaves into like a cigar-like roll and hold it really tight and chop really good, precise cuts. Uh, so I did really hard cuts, but I was not so precise. And I, I took my whole thumb, almost the whole tip of the thumb off. Oof. Which you know, of course. Yeah, but it was that's it was, terrible because it sounds like it would have been a delicious little appetizer. Then <laughs> I did end up have I had to go to the emergency room, had to get stitches, uh-huh. but got back like four hours later, and the crostini were now ruined. But I well, I still ate it, and <laughs> it was okay. Uh, I was not allowed to do any more chopping or anything like that. But I've never really had a cut like this. Uh-huh. It was one of those things where I. I don't know if I glanced up or what, but when I looked back down at my thumb after realizing something had gone really wrong, it didn't hurt yet. Just some, I just realized something was really wrong. Looked at it and I saw my nail and my thumb like as normal. Then a space of daylight and then nail and thumb across that daylight. So I, it seemed like it was like three quarters cut off, but it didn't go. But my nail, there was a clean cut. The nail is completely. Is it above the bone? Like, no, hit the bone. Hit the bone. Well, it didn't seem to do damage to the bone. Ugh. The bone is thought to be what stopped it from cutting the whole tip off. Ugh. <laughs> you know what I think we should do is... Wait, I know. Make gross stories on our podcast all the time? Yeah. <laughs> gross <laughs> medical stories on the podcast every week. Have... Yes. So we just need to provide them. So we need one of us to do something that warrants a story like that. Oh, man. That's terrible. Oh, well, I'm glad it wasn't worse. And I'm glad... When I saw you right after... Uh, right after Christmas, I guess the day after Christmas on your birthday, birthday yeah. um, you had this huge wrap all over <laughs> your... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was just to protect it, really. So, yeah, so that's gone. Stitches came out yesterday. Great. And it seems to be healing all right. Um, I did notice you don't have to change diapers or wash dishes or cook when you have a thumb <laughs> like that because I couldn't get it wet. Couldn't. You also can't do anything. I couldn't play guitar. I just got a new guitar for my birthday. Couldn't do that. Uh-huh. Couldn't play drums, which I've been doing a whole lot recently. So it kind of ruined those things, but I didn't have to do all those little chores, so that was kind of good. Well, you should thank Erin. You should get her some flowers. I, I should do that. That's not a bad idea, Doug. All right, good. So anyway, uh, that that was my holidays. Actually, my holidays were very nice. It wasn't just that, but that was one part of them. And you had family as well, I know. Yeah, I was up in Virginia, and then we met up with a bunch of family down here, had some family stay over. It was great. I 
uh, spent really eight days with my niece, which my six month old niece had longest I've ever spent with a baby before. Right. Which Maybe was great. Excited it was, to do it. You know, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it was like a, it was really cool to to be with a kid that long, and I, I guess I realized how um, how much attention they really take. I think that's really good that that you would because I think most people when they're when they reach the age when they're beginning to think about having children, they probably don't get a chance after that to like you know, to spend a week with a baby. Right. You just, you just it just doesn't not an event that happens that much. Mm-hmm. And if if most people have done that, they've probably done it at a different part of their life. So it would have been a good experience for me to do that. I did. Yeah. So that's good for you that you got to. It was kind of a, it was kind of a wake up call. I mean, you really yeah. oh yeah you really have to be doing something all the time. And even when they're like asleep, you know, Rebecca was doing everything else she has to do. You know, so. That was the that was the big shock to me. Was it? <laughs> yeah. that that's what that, that it really is all the time, uh-huh. and like one of you has to be with the baby all the time. Yeah, and you know it's it's just it new tensions get created because then like if you go out for your run, right. then, then do you have to like You're reciprocate kind of abandoning? And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it just and, and you need to have those discussions and work all that out. And I just didn't didn't really realize that all that would happen, especially with working from home. That was another. You've got to then create that balance, and we've talked right. about that before on here. How, how sure. I, I didn't realize the separation between the work and the family life, how important it was to create that rather than trying to do both. Right, right. So anyway, that's that's another topic for the for the big pregnancy announcement episode. Well, <laughs> whenever, whenever no, <laughs> no pregnancy announcement episode right now. Oh geez, okay. starting rumors all over the no, place. No, whenever man. whenever it's time, we'll we'll do that episode. <laughs> all right. So what we do want to talk about this year, or this no, not this year. Uh, today, this episode, this episode, maybe for the year, uh, is New Year's resolution type of stuff. But we don't want to do the typical like how to how to make your resolutions work this year, right? Which is on the cover of who knows Shape Magazine and whatever other. What's wrong with Shape Magazine, Matt? <laughs> I well, I don't know. There's a lot of dumb magazines that just repeat the same stories all the time, and I understand that's how the magazine business works, but. There's lots of magazines that don't really give you any information, and we didn't want this episode to be just that again. Like we've and we've done that in the past. We've given the like news resolutions aren't good, but here's why there's hope for them, and here's how you can make yours last. Uh, we have that episode. You can go find it somewhere on No Meat Athlete Radio. Probably called Rescuing New Year's Resolutions. I bet, right? Probably, and it was probably this week last year. So there you go. Uh, but this year we we both and we didn't really plan this or realize this until we just started talking about it. We kind of both. I don't know. We're kind of sick of that that New Year situation. I still love New Year's. It, it's my favorite holiday. I feel like more not just not the New Year's Day, but the the few days leading up to the end of the year when things are sort of quiet. The holidays are over, um, and then there's this for me. There's this sense of possibility of like we have this whole new year coming, and I understand completely that that it is relatively arbitrary that we decide to make changes on January first when we could do that anytime. But we are at the end of a period when a lot of us kind of let our lives, you know, take a back seat to the holidays and everything that comes with that. So I really like the feeling of the fresh start, and I just, I tend to get inspired by that. So I've always really liked the holiday. However, this year I found myself not really interested in setting the typical resolutions. I didn't, like, nothing was motivating me. There wasn't a, a fitness goal where I was like, that's what I'm going to do this year. Um, and at the same time, I didn't even want to do like the as much like I want to do more meditation this year. That's that's definitely a habit of mine. But like I wasn't ready to say I'm going to meditate every single day, rain or shine, and find a way to do it. So I kind of was just like I, I read a ton of books in between probably December 15th and January 1st. Probably read five or six books, 
and was kind of just devouring books and thinking about all the books I had read in the year and different things and kind of just, I don't know, I'm really happy with the place I arrived at with wanting to make some changes. And then you told me it sounds like you're kind of in the exact same space. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I would typically have set a bunch of resolutions that are, are very specific. So read so many books in, you know, in this year or, or try to hit a certain mileage marker, um, every month or every, every year. And, and I'm, which you should do, right? That's, that's what the goal setting advice is. And that's like, if you're going to be setting goals and saying, I want to create a big, massive, unreasonable goal. Sure. That, that's what you do. That is the best practice, right? Have a specific result. So rather than just say, I want to be a better runner, you say, I want to run this marathon time at this marathon because that's how you give your brain a specific target, right? So that's the typical advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Doug yeah, says but, no. But but I say no. <laughs> I reject that advice. No, I, I I really believe that that is an important part of setting resolutions and setting goals, of course. Um, but this year, this year's a big year for me. I'm turning thirty in a couple weeks. Having and a baby? <laughs> not having a baby, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> you know, I'm turning thirty in a couple years, and I mean a couple weeks, and. Um, it's just, you know, it's, I'm just kind of looking at this year a little differently. And, and I found myself during the last few weeks of December really looking at what I want to, the kind of person I want to be and, and what I want my life to look like this time next year. So this time in 2016. Um, so who I want to be by the end of my 30th year on this earth. And, um, and that's kind of wh- how my resolutions came about. And that's kind of what shaped uh, my goals for, for this year. I like that. That's one of the interesting things that comes along with goal setting is that people who who do goal setting workshops and like seminars often at the end, maybe sort of to prevent the the objections that come up of like, you know, you're so materialistic or like all this is about achieving things and then they just go away. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, they're not good enough. But people people say that the purpose of goal setting, really, the reason we, we have these desires is for the person that they will make of you, like for the person you have to become to get these goals right so even if you were to get 99 percent of the way towards your goal and then for some reason not make it happen although that might be disappointing if if you've you know only focused on the actual achievement of that goal you've probably realized all the benefits right you've you've turned into this new type of person so even if you didn't get that exact thing Mm -hmm. that's kind of fine because you've achieved the point of of the goal setting so i mean i think it's fine if you don't achieve your goals as long as you're growing in their pursuit and they're helping you to be growing so it's it's cool to be that you have uh, kind of arrived at that. You, you flipped it around and said instead of instead of that being the kind of untold benefit of goal setting, you're saying that is my goal. Right. Be this type of person. Right. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, not not, not like that. I'm thinking that it's a bad idea. <laughs> I'm just I'm curious if in doing that you will find yourself achieving what are the more traditional goals that someone yeah. might. Right. You know, and and it could be that that as time goes on, I will end up setting kind of more, I guess, smaller goals that that help me develop into that person. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm really kind of trying to really focus. I want this year to be the year of of self-development in a way in in the way that I'm I'm looking at the year of Doug, the year of Doug, Y-O-D, the Yod, the Yod or Yad. You know, but I, you know, speaking of Doug, <laughs> I have a did you know? Doug's did you know? Doug's did you know? <laughs> Cue the music on this topic. What was that awful noise you made last time before you started this? <laughs> do do do. Oh, there we go. Okay. 
No, I think, uh, so Doug's Did You Know, last time was a huge hit, huge success. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're doing yes. this, uh, this portion of the podcast again. Um, and it's on the theme of resolutions and New Year's resolutions. You got it from Wikipedia, I see. Got it from Wikipedia, you know, a trusty source. They're all cited. So uh, I don't know who, where the sites come from, but I trust that they're, they're legit. All right. Um, and that is that New Year's resolutions started a long, long time ago. They looked a little differently. The Babylonians made promises to their gods at the start of each year that they would return borrowed objects and pay their debts. So that's a good one. You know, yeah, the you financial resolutions that we still do right. today, right? I like return borrowed objects because most people don't ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no like deadline. People's, you don't have people to still have your stuff. VHS tapes from college, Matt. They do. Are you a little, yeah. a little bummed about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Romans made promises to the god Janus. Um, I don't know how you say that who is January is named after that God. Um, in the medieval era, the Knights uh, reaffirmed their commitment to chivalry. So there was kind of these similar themes to what we are actually doing now. Yeah. So but, not uh, invented by Tony Robbins then. He not invented by Tony Robbins, not invented okay. by, you know, some sort of self-help uh, Hallmark something, you know, I don't know. Oh, right. Not a, not a Hallmark invented holiday. No, this is like goes way back, which kind of, kind of makes me feel good about... Um, you know, yeah. using using January as a time to start over. I mean, if they were doing this way back then, and it's still a thing that that we're doing today, I think it's it definitely good. makes it a, a little bit less cheap feeling, right? Because I think the people this idea of that you have a clean slate because it's a new year, right? It's kind of at least the way I was raised or grew up. That was like what New Year's was about. It was like like yeah, but you haven't done that terrible habit in this year, right. so right, so right, right. now's your chance to to not have it anymore, mm-hmm. uh, which is a totally flawed, terrible way of trying to make changes. Uh, so you know that legitimizes it a little bit more for me. I think so. I'm glad to hear that. I like that one much better than your than that poison ivy thing you did last time. Oh, that would, that led to this controversy in the first one, and then we got an email that kind of cleared it up. Yeah, kind of said we were both right in sort a certain of, way. So thanks, wrong. thanks for thanks for uh, emailing us about that. I did enjoy that email. It was, it was Jones. A... <laughs> yes. Anyway. Good. Okay. So uh, very um, informative. Yes. Yeah, so that's dogs, as you know, and. No, Doug, I did not know that, um, and I appreciate that that tidbit from you. Good. All right, so let's talk about what we're going to talk about, which is kind of what we have just been talking about. Um, I, you know, I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of t- key takeaways from this episode that say well, here's, not, here's not what a you ton of to actionable advice, actionable advice, maybe. But which, but which is totally in the theme of your your and my approach to, to the year. We didn't set things that said I'm going to do this and this and this exact things. Um, for me, it came, as I said, I read a bunch of books, and I kind of thought about the books that I read this year and the ones that had really impacted me. I'm a big reader, as I've mentioned a lot of times. Um, but the, the, so the, the very best book that I read in 2015 is one that was not written in 2015. It was written, I don't know, 2008 or something. And we've talked about it on the podcast, and that was The Blue Zones mm. by Dan Butner, I believe is his name. He's been on the Retro Podcast, by the way, so go find that episode if you're interested. Um, and we have a whole episode discussing yeah. those blue zones we talked about the blue zones and the book and you know it was just one of those books i don't know what it was about it it wasn't like because i read a lot of health nutrition type books and they're not really books that i can recommend to someone without it i don't know i worry that if i tell my parents read this book it's gonna seem like i'm trying to get them to go vegan mm. um or just like hand somebody a nutrition manual and say here read this boring thing <laughs> that i found kind of interesting um <laughs> You know, you can't do that. But this book was so entertaining. It was like, it was just, 
it was more inspiring to me than anything else. Like it, it was, there was lots of good information, lots of good stuff about what the people do. These centenarians, uh, I don't know if that's even the right word. Maybe it's centenarians, but uh, people who live to be a hundred, and and they go to the spots in the world that seem to produce a, a highly disproportionate number of people who do live to be a hundred, and just look at their habits. So it's kind of an interesting way of doing science. Uh, it's not, it's not theorizing what works, and then going and seeing if it does it. It's more just empirical saying, Let, let's find the spots where they're producing lots of people who live to be old. And it was kind of interesting. It wasn't really a scientific book. There was a lot of anecdotes in it. But I just found it like, I just wanted to visit all these seven places. And for me, it kind of just affirmed like this whole lifestyle that we're moving towards um, and that we've been moving towards for the past few years, really, since we've started eating this way, uh, was not a vegetarian or vegan book. They they do talk about the Seventh-day Adventists who eat a vegetarian diet or primarily vegetarian diet. Uh, most of the the groups that they looked at eat a very, very small amount of meat, but not zero meat. Uh, so it's not like a, you know, you can give it to someone and not, I think, have them put their guard up like, hey, you're trying to get me to go vegan. Uh, but anyway, if you, I don't know, if you're looking for something that's kind of like, just, if you're just sort of tired of the the treadmill, so to speak, and like you, you get this new diet and you try it and it doesn't work or whatever i just <laughs> I, I i've just been there before where i kind of get frustrated with the health thing you hear one thing and then you go somewhere else and you hear the opposite thing to me this was like a really nice um kind of middle of the road like nothing in this book was super extreme advice it, but it just kind of touched on like how important it was to be moving a lot just to be standing up a lot which prompted me to get a standing desk mm-hmm. um and more than that went went into the point of like how how important it is to have a purpose in your life and how important mm-hmm. it is to have, be connected to people family or friends and pretty much anyone who's living to be really old has all these pieces in place not anyone but statistically that's what the picture of someone who lives to be really old they have these things in place so it wasn't just food it wasn't just exercise uh there was this this issue of meaning and and having love in your life so I, i just found it to be a really interesting book and i don't know what sort of like for me there was no actions that came out like i'm doing pretty much right what it said but it just kind of made me excited to be eating this way and be feeling this way. Uh, so, so that was one of the one of the things that I want to sort of build my year around those sort of philosophies. Do you? So this this may not be a direction we want to go with this because <laughs> <laughs> okay. it kind of changes the topic a little bit. But what do you think that that means um, about all the other extreme advice and books and things that we hear regularly? Do you think that that kind of I don't know. That that kind of proves them wrong. That like maybe we don't need all these extreme diets and everything. I don't really know. I mean, like I said, it's sort of a different way of doing science. Like this is this is the best that people have come up with so far, right? In, in our habits of being human beings, this is the best we've done. But with all the new technology and science and stuff that's out there, it's possible that there are some really good ideas out there that we've never had the capacity to develop before. Mm that will make us live to 120 and that's, and that's a good point so that's yeah good. so I, I wouldn't say that it just it definitely i don't know it just sort of has an old school like feel good health feel there's not a lot of new crazy stuff but so no i don't i don't think it i think there's plenty of room to, to live a life like the blue zones would would suggest mm-hmm. uh but have have other things like you know i'm completely vegan and no one in the blue zones is completely vegan right um so i, I don't know i think it's interesting anyway back anyway. to habits and resolutions so speaking of habits the other book this is one that i read in like the end of december and this has also kind of inspired me a lot there's a book called breaking the habit of being yourself 
It's by a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's very much like a new age kind of kind of guy. He's a he's a chiropractor. It's about okay. it's about doing meditation um, with the aim of changing yourself. So not just not just being mindful for forty minutes or twenty minutes or whatever, but doing that first to get yourself into this space of of uh, you know the the alpha brain waves or whatever it is, and then from there, just spending twenty more minutes. Thinking about what about yourself you like, you know, kind of what what changes you'd like to make in yourself, um, which I think probably is not going to sound all that appealing, but <laughs> it, it was a kind of a breath of fresh air because in, in this, and I do sometimes read these new agey type books, but there's so much about think positive and the world will change around you. And and I, that's a, it's a cool idea. If it's true, then it's wonderful. Uh, but what I really liked about this one is it, he kind of encouraged you like, take this inventory of really what are the emotions that you don't like and, and like what are the actions and the ways you treat people uh not, not you know i don't have i don't egregiously treat people badly but i can still think of like ways when i wish i had a, a nicer attitude or more welcoming or who knows what uh with family with friends with everything else but it was like identify what these things are and then kind of systematically spend a few weeks with each one of them and after you've you've achieved this sort of meditative state think a lot about what what that is and what you'd like to change and what your new outcome is so it's it's not the type of book that I would typically read or recommend, but something about it really spoke to me, and I was like, you know, when I when I read it, I was like, this is really what I want to focus on in the next year is is making this picture of myself that I kind of want, sort of like what you said, having this person you want to be, and then actually doing some work to make that happen, mm-hmm. rather than just have that be the consequence of all the stuff that you do all all the time, which is what we talked about before, right? Like that your your actions, your pursuit of these goals is going to make this person out of you. Why not? figure out who that person is that you want to make right and then let the goals be the consequences of that rather than the opposite yeah so that's my that was my second interesting book of the year great and my final like one it. is one that's much much more down to earth than that um called the life-changing magic of tidying up and it's by marie kondo who is a japanese uh i guess her she's a cleaning consultant she comes in helps people get their spaces in order and it's done with this sort of... Do you know where she's from? Like, uh, where she lives now? I think Japan. Oh, okay. I don't know for sure. Why okay. do you know? I just read this article about a Japanese woman living in D.C. who does this for hire. It's possible. I mean, she... Or and... it's possible that that woman was inspired by her. Because uh-huh. this book was a number one New York Times bestseller. Um, the business apparently is thriving. Hmm. She's apparently never had someone who uses her methods go back. Like, like go wow. come back to her for more because they, they learn it. And her big thing, this is very much the opposite of what we talk about here with small steps and habit change. She says, don't do the thing where you say, I'm going to declutter this room this day and this one the next week and this one. And by two months from now, I'm going to be totally good. She's because you'll start accumulating stuff and your old habits will, will return while you're doing that. She says instead, do it in one big shot and that the change, the magnitude of that change and, and what the difference you'll notice in just your whole environment uh, and, of course, as implied by the title of the book, how what that does to your mindset. Uh, she said that that will be so much that there just is no going back after that. You're just, you're changed when you do that. Cool. So I found that really neat. Um, it's a, I don't know, I, I've done the, the minimalist kind of thing before where I've read the minimalist blogs and the books and they say, get rid of all your things. And I, I've tried to get down to like owning 100 personal things, but being with a family that's always kind of created tension because like, you know, I get angry at the kids for having all this junk everywhere. But at the same time, I recognize that that's part of being a kid, at least in, in my sure. eyes. Yeah. So like, it's hard to not get frustrated with that. And how do you, 
be okay with having a hundred dishes, you know, and which we do as a family, I'm sure have a hundred different glasses and dishes and silverware. Right. Um, so it's, it's like, she's, she's encourages you to do lots of that, those kind of minimalist things. And I, I've cleared out half my books on January 1st or 2nd, I think, uh, I threw out probably three quarters of my clothes of which I didn't already have many, but like, it's not done in this minimalist idea. Her big criteria is when you pick up an item and hold it in your hand, does it spark joy for you? Like, do you think, does it just bring good feelings to your life or does it bring all the stuff like I've this guilt, like I'm supposed to be reading that book or I've had that book for two years and I really want to read it because my dad told me I should. If it has all that stuff, it's probably just, she's like, the, the time to read a book is when you first get it and to hang on to it much longer than that is just basically putting all these non-joyful feelings into your environment every time you see it. Interesting. So yeah, it, it has felt to me like a weight kind of has been lifted. I haven't yet completed the process, but I'm, I'm probably about 80% done. Um, so it, it's been really neat and it was just kind of a breath of fresh air as far as the whole cleaning, tidying up goes. When I, when, what I've only really been exposed to so far as the minimalism, this was much more of a, every object isn't like a strike against you the way it is with minimalism, at least in my understandings of it. Uh, it's, it's much more about like, does this item add joy to my life or take it away? Mm-hmm. And if you have a thousand things that spark joy in your life, then have them all. That's wonderful. Hmm. But you reach a point, most people do where, where they don't anymore. Right. So anyway, I found that really neat, um, and I haven't really gone into what, what she talks about, like how, the way that it changes your, your brain, your mindset, and your mood, and all these other things, but a very good book. would highly recommend it if you are sick of living in cluttered space. So I, I can see that you've, you've decluttered your office quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I sure have. But I have not walked around your house yet. <laughs> have you moved it out into other rooms yet? Yeah. So we got rid of Christmas, which was a huge decluttering in right. itself. Right, of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, my so I I have inadvertently inspired Aaron to do the same thing with her clothes. But when I went into this, I was saying I'm not going to let this spill over into the rest of the house. I'm not going to try to just like with with veganism. I'm not trying to like go change people or or sure. tell people how they should be. Yeah, I'm just going to be an example. I'm going to do it for myself. And if that catches on, then then great. And it seems to have already done that with Aaron. My what I said I'm going to do is finish my whole process 100, percent and then only then. After I've done that for a little while, will I say, hey, this room could probably use a little bit of <laughs> fixing here. So I haven't gotten to that stage yet, uh, but I, I think I will. So has it has it moved into the kitchen at all? Kitchen, not yet. No. I don't think so. Yeah. No. We've, we've decluttered the kitchen several times. Uh, we've also moved once every year, once every calendar year for the past four years. Which helps. To... Every time we move, yeah. You yeah. Stuff. So you we've, we've pared the stuff down. Uh, that is one of my concrete resolutions, is do not move this year. I, I am not going to move to a new house <laughs> during this calendar year. Well, don't don't let this one flood, then. I know. Or don't have another baby and outgrow it. Yeah. Um, so you may have said this, but just for anyone who's wondering, did you throw away all your books and your clothes, or did you donate them? I ha- They're in my car waiting to be donated. Okay. No, I wouldn't throw them away. Good. Too, too good of a tax write-off to and wasteful and terrible for the environment you're not helping everyone and it's like (laughs) yeah no and your taxes i guess but you should have you should have donated them on the 31st if you're gonna do that yes that's true it'll be for next year um we so we've talked about donating your rock paper on our app before. This is a good time to bring this. Up. <laughs> yeah, when you picked up when you picked up the rock paper hat, I said generously gave you. <laughs> uh, did that the, did that give you joy or did that uh, make you feel? That, okay, so you, for those who don't know, and no one does, 
Uh, except for probably Danny from Runner's World, who we talked about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doug once gave me two Rocky Ritter hats when they came out, which was probably six months ago now, or maybe, maybe more than that. Uh-huh. And we kept them, and we enjoyed them, and we looked at them, and then we realized <laughs> that we're never going to both go out at the same time wearing a Rocky Gunner hat. And, you know, we, we sort of try to have some of this minimalist... I'm, I'm not even into that word anymore, now that I've read this book. I'm kind of like... <laughs> Over. But we don't want to have extra things. Uh-huh. So we're like, okay, we're not going to wear this at the same time. We don't both need our own. Like, we right. don't mind sharing a hat. So we donated one of the Rocky Gunner hats. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not really worn very much. It's pretty much brand new. We probably could have returned it to you, but I didn't really think about doing that. So, Well, there, maybe, maybe there's some, maybe there's some, you know, some body who found it and, and is really happy to have a sweet new maybe hat. they're a nomadathic podcast listener and they oh, saw man. a goodwill they rocky found hat, it, and know. now they realize it was worn by, by me given oh, by you man and wow. all, it's so connected to this to us and they have no idea <laughs> you know I, <laughs> I will i will admit that when i think back on giving you the guys those i had had a few drinks i was probably a little <laughs> yeah, pushy about getting right, them to you i was right. like no take two take two I hear that. they came out after a few drinks uh-huh so so maybe maybe it's partly my fault that i lost out on one of those hats but it's it's somewhere in the world maybe some big time tv exec's gonna get it and, oh yeah and he's gonna because cool. they always have a goodwill in this tv exec yeah yeah <laughs> so he'll get that and then he'll, he'll turn rocket runner into a nationwide movement it already is a nationwide is, movement. you're right <laughs> into, a, into a tv show <laughs> all right so that's that's kind of what i got uh i mean i have a few more little like things that i said i want to do more of this this year and we can talk about those at the end but uh i know doug you've got you've got your own sort of take on this your own version of you know the shared kind of thing that we, we're both going through this year so what uh where are you coming from yeah this year? well i think it's really interesting that we're both feeling the same way um, and we hadn't discussed it at all. This was the first time we've talked about resolutions at all, and collective consciousness, collective consciousness, maybe monkey so. syndrome. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> that thing is. Um, yeah, but you know, like I was saying, I was really, I was really focused on who I want to be and who I want to myself to feel like I am uh, by the end of this year. And I've done made a lot of changes over the last couple of years. You know, I quit uh, my regular nine to five job in DC. And moved to Black Mountain, which is, I don't know, one one hundredth of the population of D.C. probably. Um, and it just uh, really kind of transformed, uh, followed more of my passions and my dreams and broke away from the stereotypes that most people um, find themselves in uh, when it comes to employment and when it comes to, um, you know, progressing in life. And I've done that and my wife did that as well. And we've been you know, things have been working out really well. We're very happy with, with those transitions that we made. Uh, but one thing that I have, I've discovered about myself is that I really don't, you know, aside from maybe the podcast and my blog, when it comes to person to person, new people and people that were a part of my old life, I really hate talking about that and, and who I am now and who I think I am now and who I want to be, um, both with my business and with, Nomad athlete and and just in life and um and it's almost like I'm ashamed of it or or embarrassed by it or something like that. So uh, there are a few books that helped me make that transition. Wait, uh, hold on. So you're embarrassed that this is your job coming? No, to do this podcast. And I don't know. This? I mean, like, like, don't you? Did you ever? Was there ever a point when when you were like, when someone's like, oh, what do you do? And you're like, well, I write a blog. Did you ever feel uncomfortable about that? 
only because of that specific language. So sorry to interrupt your thing. I yeah, I just had to point out that I was that was a joke because I could see why you would be ashamed that this is your job. Look at this, this is a dumb table doing <laughs> yeah. talking about you know. But anyway, um, you know, only that specific language. Saying I write a blog because I that sounds like you live in your parents' basement and you write right. a little nerdy thing that five people read. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I was and I I can understand why how people would feel like that with it, not necessarily a blog but like any sort of like I started a business and you know it, it's where it is it's not a giant business yet right um but i'm doing that instead of what everyone else does the typical thing of working for someone else with the security and everything else that that brings mm-hmm. um no i was always just extremely proud of that like that was it was just my calling to do my own thing i just i was so mm-hmm. miserable working for someone else i just couldn't do it uh, i have many stories about me like lying on the floor when i was supposed to be going into work and just couldn't get myself to go and I was mm. complaining to roommates. So when I, as soon as I started to break free of that, uh, I was just so ecstatic about it that it never, never really occurred to me to not be really proud of that. Yeah. But the language, I, I write a blog, I, that was always one I, so I, I just, I still don't know what to say for that. I, I sometimes say I write a website, sometimes uh-huh. I say I'm a writer, but that's not really what I do. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I guess I should clarify that I'm not at all ashamed of, of, of what I'm doing. I'm really proud of, what I've done over the last year and a half and, and, um, and I'm, you know, I'm really proud of, of where I think this is going to take me. Um, but at the same time, for some reason, I just, uh, I hate that, that, that look people give you when you say, you know, you have a blog or a podcast or whatever it is. And they look at you like, you know, you can't really make money from that. Right. You know, and they look at you, um, I don't know. Like I just, I just for some reason that just you gotta get some bling on you. I got, I gotta get some bling. You know, like I had, like I had a family member this Christmas say, and sorry if they're listening to this. <laughs> you know, they said, oh, you know, they were, they were like, well, I thought you were just doing that temporarily until you found another job. And I was like, no, you know, this is, I'm, I'm really making a go out of it, go of it, and, and really, I think this is going to be a long term thing. And they were like, yeah, but you know, you can't make more than like twenty percent of your old income, right? You know, <laughs> and I'm like. You know, I don't know. Just I, you know, I just hate that. I hate that. So yeah, I I want to own that more. I want to own who I am more, and and I think that that's going to translate into more success uh, with the business. You know, if if I'm more vocal and more proud uh, externally of of what I'm doing, then I'll be able to hopefully get some more strength internally to to kind of keep pushing and 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 mm-hmm. and develop things. So th- there were a few books that I'm going to mention um, that. I didn't read in 2015, actually, um, but you know they're books that have helped me make the transition, and uh, that's the Art of Nonconformity by Chris oh, Gillibo, Gillibo, mm-hmm. and um, and Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield, um, and those two those two books really kind of gave me the courage and shaped how I, how I how I was going to go about going you know making that transition. Um, but now I have to own it myself, and I have to take that on myself, and that's really the goal of of this year, uh, or one of them anyway. And and that's the approach, or that's really what I'm going to kind of go after. I like that. I think that's I think that's a good thing. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the solution to your problem is with the, you know, not mm-hmm. not. But I think if you just really if you just worked on like your elevator pitch, and, <laughs> yeah. and you came up with like what is it that I am really proud about with yeah. this. I think, and I think, I think that's right. I think that's part it. of it. You know, I, I definitely think that's part of it is uh, is having a, a a better you know ten second response to 
to that question of what do you do? You know, and I think that if I had a really good one, then maybe I would be less embarrassed by it. You know, but I think it's, I think it's way more than that. You know, I think it's part of it's a confidence issue of, of whether I can do this on my own and, mm-hmm. and whether I can really, um, you know, make this happen. And, and, and part of that is, is reactions from other people second guessing me and then kind of, uh, making me feel less confident about it. Um, and part of that is just my, my own insecurities. Um, and so that, you know, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm attacking this year on that level. So you know what we need? What's that? No, we need radio business cards. Oh. That you guys, <laughs> like, you just, yeah. <laughs> flash the card and yeah. they'll be like, oh, wow. <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. I think that's that's a great idea. Uh, on a serious or, note. Or, or if, if just rocker gunner hats were everywhere, then, yes. uh, <laughs> then yep, that would. Exactly. Or no, we athlete shirts, you know, of course. Either one. On a serious note, uh, Turning Pro is such a good book. And anyone who read not anyone who reads it i'm sure but the people who have read it and then come back to me with feedback have said i love that book i mean and the war of art is is stephen pressfield's first i don't know it's it's not his first book his first book in that space because he was a is a fiction author um but i feel like turning pro is better than the war of art Mm -hmm. just so if you're kind of i don't know inspired like to do something on your own or even even you just want to like do better at something that's not on your own like just just you know be a pro at whatever your job is, uh, pro being using his term, someone who, who shows up every day and puts everything into it. Uh, it's just such a good, inspiring book. And you read it and you feel like, how you feel like I can actually go do what he's saying, like show yeah. up every day, write every day, whatever it is, but like be a pro about it. And you do it when you don't feel like doing it. And you know that because that's what pros do. You just show up and his, he talks a little bit like the muse, I guess, who, who will show up when you start showing up to do your work, the, the creative, muse will show up to start giving you ideas um and i don't i don't know if he means that in a literal sense or more just a figurative one but uh i think that's absolutely true that you just start showing up to do stuff and suddenly you you become good at it and you become in a way that you can't really explain like not like i've practiced writing and now i'm a better writer but you just because you're going to be showing up to write every day the ideas just start to happen more because it's like some part of you or some part outside of you knows that you're gonna have to be showing up tomorrow with something to write about so the ideas will start to flow so yep. not just for writing it's for anything uh but really excellent book and one that i would highly recommend as well turning pro Stephen pressfield excellent thanks for thanks for that you're very welcome doug <laughs> I, I mean you you introduced me at turning pro so i thank you Are for you? that yeah good uh, All right. then my other resolution is um is to something we've talked about a little bit recently and that's the difference between being a good runner and being a good all-around athlete Mm-hmm. And and that's something I kind of want to tackle a little bit this year and, and experiment with how becoming a better all round athlete affects my running and and I think that um, in a lot of ways it, it will especially with with the longer stuff you know I think if I can just be in better shape all around better shape and a better athlete then then that'll help me so I joined a gym for the first time since two thousand nine since I it's the first time since I registered for my first marathon I quit. Uh, quit the gym when I registered for my first marathon, mm-hmm. and um, I'm joining it. Went yesterday, lift a little weights. I'm gonna go swimming later this week, so nice. I don't know. We'll you just see what you do a triathlon. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, do <laughs> not really, not really on my to do list. But um, <laughs> that's funny. I've also been interested in the gym recently again. I know we've talked about me doing these little now and then intermittent kind of bulk up phases to try to not be super skinny, uh, and it's been successful. But I, that this most recent time that has kind of inspired me to like 
actually get back into lifting where it's not just like show up to get this result, but like go and like, like you said, own it kind of like go do the workout and actually be okay that you're there for an hour and 10 minutes and not be hating every second of it, which mm-hmm. is when you can just get done and get the result. Right. Um, so I've been looking at, at lifting books and things like that. I'm thinking, trying to just, I don't know, get back in the gym because I did exactly the same thing that start running. And then that became my preferred form of exercise. Right. And I, and I said, Hey, I don't need to do the gym anymore. This keeps me in shape and it does keep you in shape, but not necessarily I mean, it depends how you look at it, but uh, you know, we've talked about it. Not, not necessarily athletic shape. Like you're not able to do a lot of pull-ups or right. things that some sort of basic tests of strength. Mm-hmm. Often runners aren't that good at them because they, they're great at endurance, but not that. right. Yeah, so I'm doing. I'm gonna do some yoga, and I'm gonna. I mean, might even take like a spinning class. Nice. <laughs> like that could be cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, so those are kind of my two resolutions. But again, they're not. Um, they're not. Results driven, I guess they're not. I'm not looking for some sort of very specific result, uh, which will be a different approach, and, and it'll be interesting. You know, maybe towards the end of the year we can check back in and and see how this went for us. And, and mm-hmm. what about make a baby? That's a result. It comes from going to the gym, getting getting buff. Oh yeah, there, there you go. That's true. That could yeah. be your measurable result. <laughs> I think you just really want me to have a baby or something. <laughs> I don't know. I want you to be sucked into my miserable world. I finally understand. <laughs> <what it's> like. <laughs> you don't mean no, that, right? Of course, I don't mean that. It's a total joke. Oh. I really don't mean that. It, it is wonderful having kids. <laughs> but you got to be funny on the podcast. That's right. Um, and good. the Periscope, which we're on right now. If you're if you're listening to this, then don't forget to keep an eye out for those Periscope uh, announcements. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've got. I don't. I didn't really make resolutions. I thought of all these things that I just wanted to change, and like I did the tidying up thing. Like that was going to be a resolution. Declutter my space. Yep. Uh, but that's kind of done. So that, that's not really. <laughs> <Check>. <laughs> yeah. So that's not really a resolution. Okay. Um, I've been playing the drums a lot more seriously. Great. We are both drummers. People don't know that about us. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Can play the you're, drums a little you're bit. You're more seri- much more serious than I am. I would say. Maybe I was in bands in college and stuff. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily make me more serious, but I have. I was in bands in high school. Sixty-seven so, yeah. ninjas. Nice. That, that was your band name. <laughs> yeah, mine was the Frogman. Actually, we had about nine different names. We kept changing names. The anyway, Frogman, Boss the frog Tweed. Man. Oh wow! My college band was British Andy. <laughs> Which, by the way, I just found out from your brother-in-law, right? Your brother-in-law. Yep. yep. That you have a recording of. We have an EP. An if you, EP. If you have Napster. Did you, you didn't throw that away, did you? No. Haven't decluttered CDs yet. Okay. That's going to be a big task. Because my new iMac doesn't even have a CD drive. So this project <laughs> that's on my list forever is put these CDs in and turn them into, rip them into MP3s. Uh-huh. Soon I'm not going to be able to do that. So I need to, need to get those handled. But no, I did not uh, not destroy those. Not the highest quality recordings that you will ever hear if anyone does get their hands on one, <laughs> which I would not recommend which I, should, doing. I think we should challenge people. <laughs> to see if you can find it. To one. see if you can find it, yeah. What, what I'd was be the band name called? British Andy. British Andy. If you can find the British Andy, I would be EP. shocked and awed if somebody produced a copy of "Changed Priorities Ahead." Somebody out there has to accept in, that. The challenge. second I in priorities is missing in the, along the spine of the CD. <laughs> That's oh man, That's which, which, which sort of makes it seem like it was a little. I mean, it wasn't a high budget thing, but it wasn't so bad that typos should have been on it. That that was a and sort of an anomaly that occurred. Uh-huh, um, right. But the recordings weren't so good themselves. But if you have one, I'll be amazed and. Or if you can find one, I'd be amazed. Short of going on Napster and rewinding the clock 15 years and <laughs> downloading it. Does Napster even exist anymore? Someone said it does that night when we talked about it, uh, yeah. but in a different format. So anyway. Uh, yeah, so I've been... I've been 
<laughs> I've been playing the drums more. Yep. I got a new guitar, as I mentioned, and I've that's that is a part of my life that I really have enjoyed a lot, music, and I've definitely in the past seven years since I started Nomad Athlete, I've just kind of let that go, backseat for sure. And I'd like to get back into that and be more serious about it. So, uh, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't inspired to like say, I'm going to practice for 30 minutes every single day, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was kind of doing that. So I'm just going to sort of keep doing that. I don't know. So, I mean, like, this is not the typical goal setting advice, I think, but we, we talked about this. And in fact, you specifically brought this up that we've kind of done that and, and it, it's effective and it has worked. But what did you say that, that like having, having done that before, having achieved some, basically learning that the, that the process works, right? That right. you can, you can set a goal and say, I'm going to become this type of runner and achieve this type of thing. I'm going to quit my corporate job and work for myself. Uh, these have all been goals of mine as well. And, and you know, we, we've made them happen, which is not to say that we're incredible people for making these goals happen. It's saying that, right. that this thing works. Um, but you said that like you have a little more confidence in yourself now, right? That you feel like you don't necessarily need, need to have those, yeah. mm-hmm. a specific thing like that. And you can, you can start with the end in mind of, of here's the person I want to be right. and sort of, and be confident enough in myself, uh, and know that I have the discipline to, to kind of take the steps and make the act to make, take the actions right. to, to get myself there. And I, I think that that, that you have to, you have to learn that about yourself and you have to learn how to do that. Um, and, for people who are just starting out with resolutions and really trying to do this for the first time, I think that those those more actionable approaches are, are better. Um, yeah, but. 100%. Like if, if you're, and that's why it's good advice, right? So, I mean, I feel like it was sort of the second, first there was the wave of habit advice that, that was just the basic New Year's thing, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to have a new, a new track this year. I have a clean slate. I'm going to start. And then people came along and started saying, well, here's the real way to change a habit. And here's this habit change advice. And we've talked about that plenty and it is totally good and valid advice. The goal setting advice, the habit change stuff, uh, it really does matter. And you're so much better off doing that than just jumping in and saying, I'm just going to do whatever I feel like. And because I'm inspired to change these 10 things, I'm going to go change them all. Like you're way more likely to succeed if you actually do take these steps that have been proven to work for habit change. Right. Um, but I think where where we are now is is kind of just trying out something, hopefully beyond that for us. Like mm-hmm. you, you get to the point where, that stuff works for you and you have some success with it. And then where we are now is like, let's see if this other kind of approach works now that we're fairly comfortable with that. Yeah. And I think, I think that this approach potentially has, or has the potential of having a much bigger impact, you know, making much grander changes um, yeah. than, than, you know, just hitting a mileage marker or hitting some sort of distance race that you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that it works out. Yeah. yeah. So my hope with this episode is that there are a lot of people in our shoes who who have been similarly goal oriented, uh, similarly resolution minded as we have have seen success with some of those goals, and that they hear this and they're like, hey, you know what? That sounds kind of at where I am right now, and I'm going to try that. Well, right. But what I don't want to happen is for someone who who, you know, let's say someone who's never who who's wanted to get exercising for the past five years and hasn't made it work yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, to someone who hasn't who hasn't had some bit of success with with changing their habits, I would say do the traditional stuff, do the do the proven habit change stuff. Like, don't don't think that the best thing is just to I don't know fly by the seat of your pants or or, or change. I don't think that's the best way. Um, but I do think if you've had had success, or if you even if you've tried and, and that stuff hasn't worked for you, 
then I think this is an alternative way. So it, it's in no way trying to say like we're better than you and we can do these things so we don't have to we don't have to abide by those same habit change rules anymore. Right. Uh, it's not at all that. It's just it's just kind of a different different approach that I think if you haven't had success or if you have before, this is something new that that might also. So yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. So that's uh, that's what we've got. I don't think there's any more resolution talk. We do have our segment. One thing I learned. Yeah, let's hear it. This is my big one. One thing, one thing Matt learned. Right. One thing I learned last time it was about alcohol not being good for you. Yep. Uh, if you were otherwise taking care of yourself, which is which is uh, an interesting idea because we we tend to think that people like to like to say that it is. Anyway, this one is totally unrelated to that. As I was decluttering my house, I was looking through all these old journals because I, as I said, I've been a a goal setting nerd for a long time, and every year have two or three different goal setting sessions that I do uh, for the year, which isn't, which isn't uh, a contradiction or anything. I mean, I think it's, it's good to set yearly goals. I think it's fine. And I think it's fine to re- revisit those goals six months down the road before a year has even passed and saying, does this still work for me? And if it doesn't, then I'll set a new goal. And, and not being attached where like, because I set this goal, I have to make that happen now before I can move on. Um, right. So anyway, I, I have plenty of these different goal things that I've w- have done before. But I was looking through these old journals and often I do one of these Tony Robbins goal setting programs that I used to do back then. And I looked at my journal from the end of 2009 and I had set eight different goals then, which is kind of a lot to have eight goals at once. He, he recommends nine in this program of his that I do a lot. And it always feels like a lot and kind of overwhelming. And the, the downside of it for me has always been like, I set these nine goals. I feel really great about them for about two days and like really pumped up. And then after about 10 days, I'm like, this is so much stuff. I can't possibly keep up with all these actions and plans I had scheduled for all these different nine goals. So I've kind of been of the mind that nine is way too many and you should have, you know, maybe four, maybe even one, if that's good enough for you, if you can be satisfied with just having one. So I think that's what a lot of people do is they, they set these goals. We set one year goals as a, is a term we like to choose for, for the length of goals. We set them, we get really excited about them. And then probably by three months later, we've forgotten about them, right? I mean, that's, everyone knows that. We, we've, yep. we set resolutions or in the case of actually setting real goals, set them and then we forget about them. What was really interesting to me though, and that that's kind of what had driven me to get a little bit sick of the New Year's thing and just say, I'm just going to this year do things a little bit differently. I looked at this journal of these eight goals, which at the time were crazy out there goals, right? Because he's encouraging you to set things beyond what is possibly reasonable because that's the kind of stuff that inspired you. Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out that I had I had accomplished seven out of these eight goals from 2009, which was sort of interesting to me because I'd always thought that I sort of faded on these goals and, and that therefore they weren't working and that therefore mm-hmm. I should change my approach. Um, but when I said these things, they were crazy out there goals. And what I've kind of realized now, now looking back seven years later and having achieved these crazy out there goals is that it's exactly what the problem is that I often use this quote from Tony Robbins, that we overestimate what we can achieve in a year and underestimate what we can achieve in a decade. So just because you set crazy one-year goals that were out there and unreasonable, and just because you seemingly failed at those three months down the road because you had forgotten about them and become overwhelmed by them, doesn't mean that they're not still serving their purpose for you and that if you give yourself three years, and most of these did happen within three, but I just looked at it now seven years later, uh, give yourself three years to make them happen, you you suddenly can. So to me, it was just such a, a you know hard evidence of that quote is a really, really a true thing. And just sometimes setting this goal does set the process in motion, even if it seems like you failed. Because like one of them was become a published author. When I got the book deal for my, which was, I guess, 
three, three and a half years after I had set this goal that said become a published author, I had totally forgotten that I ever set the goal. There, there was no like celebration of, hey, I achieved my 2009 mm. goal and now I can cross that one off. It had long been forgotten, but it happened. Right. Also on that list was run a 50 and a 100 miler. So mm. when I said that, I had done neither of those things. Thinking I could do that in a year was me being super unreasonable thinking, but I'm happy that I did because right. it, it, even though it seemed like I failed at that, I, I, didn't, I think I did the 50, but I didn't do the 100 until 2013. So that one took four years to make happen, but it did. So and similarly, all the way down the line, uh, except for one of them, they were all achieved, which, which to me is just... It just it's really, really powerful to to come across that, have totally forgotten that I set these things and then just see them all checked off one by one. So the reason I said the, the thing I learned then is that it really was kind of reminding myself of just how true that that quote is about overestimating what we can do in a year, underestimating what we can achieve in a decade. Uh, and just and kind of a final sort of although we've talked here about resolutions saying like we're doing something different this year. We're not doing the the set do the goal setting workshop, set these concrete goals that you review day in, day out. Uh, and then just work so hard to get. Although we're not doing that, I think it's a pretty darn effective thing. Like even though it like it's easy to, to do it and think it's not working, if you have a situation or an experience like this where you come back and see what you set. So if you've done this before, if you've set goals before five years ago, and you know of a place that you can go review those and find them and dig it up again, go look at it and see if you have made some of those things happen. Because I think there's a very very good chance that you have, and that that whole process is way more effective than we often realize. Simply because we forget this stuff and we move on. Right. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's really cool. And, uh, you know, it's a great that you have these journals and you have these things to look back on. I think it's just really awesome. Yes. I could not throw them away. They were one of the you things. You did that, not throw them away? No, the book sort of, it seemed like it would advise you to do that. But sentimental items, there's room for some of them. And, uh, and I kept those. All right. There you go. All right. So that is our New Year's episode. Hopefully a little bit different from the others that you've heard. If you have heard other New Year's episodes, I don't know if that's a, a thing, but hopefully different than Shape Magazine's take on New Year's <laughs> resolutions. Um, anyway, that's it. Hope your year is off to a good start. We'll be back next week. And anything else, Doug, to wrap us up or to send people off for a, a, a 2016 that's going to change everything? No, I think uh, I think this is great. But if you, if, I will say this. If you do want um, very actionable goals or challenges uh to you help with your running this year in 2016 check out the most recent guest post on Nomi yes, athlete which is 12 challenges 12 monthly challenges uh written, written by, by yours truly yours truly yes all free all good uh a good it's been very popular it's had 10 000 facebook shares and a bunch of people have are it sounds like are are have started their run streak which is the first challenge was yeah. run for 31 days straight so you can still do that you don't have to start january 1st of course uh, you could still run for 31 days and then just, you know, make Do the up. next thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah, very good post, very successful, popular post, which is really nice to see. And uh, I appreciate you writing it. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> All right. I don't appreciate you not plugging Wake Up. I think that's where you're going with that. You're going to say, oh. if you really want actionable goals, <laughs> oh, wake go up, get yeah. wake up, nomi.com slash 31 dash days. Uh, in all seriousness, is a really good like this is the time I think to do a program like that. Uh, but Doug, you've disappointed me because I thought you. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a good thing to to plug. No, it doesn't really matter. People know about that. Okay, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. All right, bye.